0: I'm just i up to The Unusual Thoughts Podcast. You yeah. That love shit this ain't about no love making the day but this is strictly basketball talk i'm back man welcome back to another episode to the Kevin Garnett one of my favorite players of all time episode episode 21 of the unusual thoughts podcast i'm your host boogie your ignorant ass host boogie at that but man we back man look i know i just put out an episode on friday man but i want to double back Man, y'all know we got the finals starting this week, and before the finals start, man, I just want to throw an episode. I just want to just talk basketball, man, on a, on a, on an episode completely. I don't want to talk about nothing else. I just want to talk basketball, and um, in a couple of weeks, man, uh, hopefully before the draft, I'm gonna try to do it before the draft. I'm gonna get a couple of my homeboys to come in, and we all gonna sit down and talk basketball. But today is just gonna be me. My thoughts on the season. My thoughts about individual players. My thoughts about teams. Just my thoughts on the season so far, man. I'm a. I might get my prediction for the finals. I think y'all already know who I'm rolling with. Um, Golden State is who I'm rolling with more than likely. Um, but I'm just gonna get my thoughts, man, about the season, man. And because I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a basketball head, but I'm really, really an NBA head. Like um, a lot of people say, they don't really like the NBA too much. For me personally, man, is nothing better than NBA basketball to me. I love college basketball. I love watching my team, MTSU, play. I love watching, um growing up, I love watching Memphis, University of Memphis play. Um I fell off for a few years. Penny came back, and I jumped back on last year, and I watched probably 23, 24 of their games last year, watched a lot of their games last year, and I'm definitely going to be watching a lot this year, especially with all the new talent that uh that Penny has brought into the program and I'm really, really looking forward to seeing that program get back to where it's supposed to be at. To where I think it's supposed to be. I think where most people feel that program's supposed to be. So um but like I said I'm, I'm a I'm a NBA jockey. Can't help it man. I, I I'm a fan of watching the best players be the best. So Um, whenever I can, whenever I, whenever I get time, man, I'm, I'm watching NBA basketball, plain and simple. I'm really, really, I'm watching NBA basketball as much as I can. So with the NBA finals starting this week, um, we all know that, uh, Golden State punched their ticket, uh, earlier, earlier last week with the sweep of the Portland Trail Blazers and, uh, yesterday, last night, um. What's his name? Toronto. The Toronto Raptors punched their tickets to the NBA Finals, and hey man, I'm looking forward to it. I cannot lie to you when I tell you I'm truly, truly looking forward to this NBA Finals. Um, I guess I was trying. I was going back and forth with myself on whether I wanted to start with the beginning of the season or just start uh, from the playoffs and then work my way back. Uh, but I think I'm just gonna go from the uh, from the beginning of the season and. Uh, Hey, man, this NBA season was – it was exciting to me. It was truly, truly exciting to me this year because, um, like, people came into the season saying, oh, well, we already know who's going to win and blah, blah, blah. I don't think along those lines just for the simple fact that I played, and I'm always the one to say, I don't care how much talent you got on your team, put your shoes on, lace them up, and let's go play. Because we got to see how this thing plays out. Because we don't know what will happen from injuries – to uh Discord and locker room. For me, it could be a multitude of things bad. Coaching, players not stepping up. It could be a multitude of things that will cause a team and or a player to not reach their uh their their, their goals or the or the heights that they may have for themselves. So for me um it was really, really exciting just for the simple fact that it it was it was a it was exciting to me because teams, some teams surprised me and some teams um, did exactly what I thought they was going to do. But for the most part, for me, I try to be realistic about basketball. When I talk basketball, I don't care about the numbers. I don't care about um, who I like and who I don't like. I just try to speak from an honest point. Because like I said before, um, with basketball, for me, um, no player, no team ever means more to me than the game of basketball. So I always try to be honest and uh, just try to be... It's like, I'm looking at what I see, and what and sometimes I might go off what I feel, but um, that's rare for me. I don't, I, don't speak, I don't speak with feelings about basketball. Like, you hear the passion for the game, never about an individual or a team. So, for me, man, like I said, some teams really, really surprised me. Like, one of the most exciting, one of the most surprising teams for me this year was the Orlando Magic. The Orlando Magic truly surprised me this year and had no idea they would be as good as they were. Um, and shoot, they even snuck to the playoffs. So I just had no idea, man. They just they, they went out there and they fought hard every night. I think I might have watched two or three games of them this year. I didn't watch a lot. I'm not going to sit here and lie. Like I watched a lot of Orlando Magic games, but from the games that I watched and then I watched all their games in the playoffs, all five games in the playoffs against Toronto, they were a really, really put-together team. Like they put their team together really, really good to give them the best chance to win Another team that was really exciting for me um, was Brooklyn Nets. Brooklyn Nets surprised me a lot this year. They, pff, they played out their minds. Like, no, well, one all-star. Orlando, Orlando had one all-star uh, in Vujicic. Uh Yeah, the Brooklyn had one all-star in um, D'Angelo Russell. But it was just think about the makeups of their team. And, like, it wasn't that it's not a superstar. He's just a good player that's a good player, and we are just going to play hard we're going to play together we're going to do some things that um we're just going to play together man For, because what I what I look at with an 82 game season man like it's a that's a lot of games to play 82 games is a lot to play so you know they all I've always heard people say that when you play in the NBA man you got to win the games that you're supposed to win and you got to sneak some of those games that you may supposed to lose you got to sneak some of those out um to, to be a playoff team. And I think Brooklyn did that throughout the year. I think Orlando did that throughout the year. So those two teams were really, really surprising to me. Another team that surprised me a lot. Um, they didn't surprise, Initially, they didn't surprise me, but Indiana, um, with the way they started off, was, was, was kind of rocky. But then they picked it up. Oladipo got back in, and boom, boom, boom. They started playing better, and then he ended up getting hurt. And I love the fact that they didn't fall off a cliff once he got hurt. He was, he was their best player, and when he got hurt, they didn't fall off the cliff. They stayed where they were, because I'm sitting here looking and I, and I, of course, I listen to a lot of sports talk shows and things like that. Like they make it seem like when you when the best player on the team goes out, the team just supposed to fall to fall off a fucking cliff. My thought about it is like I promise you, I guarantee you, if you were to ask LeBron, like when LeBron got hurt and their team and the Lakers went. From the fourth seed, yeah, that was two games out of tenth seed, but that's just how the West works. Like with LeBron being there or not, LeBron being hurt or not, if you lose two or three games in the West, you can go from a two seed to an eight seed in a heartbeat. It's just the way the West is. But I guarantee you, if you would ask LeBron, like, man, look, you missed eighteen games, and I think they, t- I think the Lakers might have won in those eighteen. I think you missed eighteen straight or seventeen straight. If you would ask LeBron, would you rather your team go win, went three and fifteen? Or they go 10 and 9 while you out. Or 10 and 8 while you're out. I guarantee you, he would say, go 10 and 8. Like, these sports, bro, like I told, I said it on the last podcast, and I want to get more into it. Like, a lot of times these sports talk shows, I man, they say things for talking points, and people run with it. Like, the fact that they say oh, it's the worst thing that Kevin Durant uh, the Warriors sweeping is one of the worst things that, that happened to Kevin Durant. It's like, why would I want my team to lose if I'm not playing? Yeah, do I want to feel like I'm a part of it? Of course. I think that's every athlete like, yeah, but I don't want my team to lose, and I don't want them to play bad while I'm out either. Like, that's, the, that's, that's just a stupid mindset. What you mean to tell me? So whatever show it is, whether it be Skip and Shannon, whether it be uh, Stephen A. and uh, Matt on first take, whatever case may be, but if one of them guys out, they just want the ratings to fall off because you out? Like that, that, that don't make sense to me. So it's funny to hear them say that. And, they, and it's always like a narrative like Jordan would never do It's like, bro, y'all realize Jordan struggled a lot in his first years in the league. He struggled. Just because you play individual. Like, like I said, I'm one of these type of people. Like I, I, you can go out there you can get your numbers fine. And I, I love the numbers. But my thing is, like, the reason that I played the game and the reason that guys that I grew up loving playing the game, they played to win. We played this game to win. And if you're not trying to win, you're wasting your time. If I go to a gym tomorrow and go play, I'm not going in there talking about, oh, I just want to get a sweat. Yeah, I want to sweat. Yeah, I want to get a little exercise in, but damn it, I want to win too. And whatever I got to do to make us win, damn it, I'm down for it. So when these guys get injured or something happens, and then they, oh, you're the best player, and because they they always throw these stats out, like when, like 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 when Kevin Durant is out, the team is twenty and twenty two, or when or but when Steph is out and or when Steph is out, no, when Steph is out, the the team is twenty and twenty two, and when Steph is playing and KD is out, they're thirty one and four. Okay, good. I don't want my team to. I don't want my team to suffer or fall off a cliff because I'm out. One of the biggest one of the biggest things that I have like, I ain't gonna say I have against LeBron, but one of the biggest biggest um, criticisms for me with a, with a LeBron with a LeBron led team is that he becomes a system and when he comes out of your system, the team goes to shit. It's like I've all, I've been saying this for maybe the last 10 years watching LeBron play. It's like you almost have to have two systems. When you when LeBron is on your team, you gotta have a system because LeBron is so great, so you want the ball in his hands. You want the ball in his hands. And I'm not, I never say, man, y'all need to take the ball out of LeBron's hand. I would never be stupid enough to say that. But you, I feel like you gotta have something else when he's not on the court to utilize those players that you may have. Now, you may not have a lot of people that can't create shots, but you got a lot of shooters, so you may have to run. Like, a you, you may have to have a set offense for when LeBron is not. Forget him being hurt. Forget him being hurt. You may just have to have a set offense for when he's just not in the game. Like, you you really, I've always thought that it's like, well, that's too much. I'm like, bro, basketball is basketball. Players and coaches, we change things on the fly every game. So you mean to tell me that if I if I know LeBron is on my team, like the Lakers know he's on his team, you mean to tell me that they can't implement an offense that that Lonzo Ball can 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 initiate or 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 Ingram can initiate or somebody else can initiate when LeBron is on the bench and they run that? Because the thing is the reason that the reason I say that because LeBron is a is a is pretty much a one of a kind athlete. He can do so many things great that your offense kind of, he pretty much, he is your offense. So when he steps off the court, what is your offense? You try to get, what I've always seen is that when LeBron is off the court or when he's hurt, this is the first time he's ever been hurt like this, but when he's off the court, they try to play the same way as when he's on the court and it's just not possible because there is no one that can halfway do what LeBron does. They can't halfway do make the passes that he makes or, or, or as smart as he is and he can think on the fly. Because, like, I, I was talking to a big brother to me. Um, I, I just called him a big brother. He, he's a really, really good dude, Marcus Kins. I was talking to him over DM. It's like we were just talking about basketball. We were talking about Giannis. We were talking about, and I just made a comment, like, man, I've always thought that basketball was a thinking man's game. Like it's, a, it's you really have to think because you have to you have to analyze. Like you come up with pick and rolls, man. You have to analyze how is this guy gonna go? How the guard gonna go? Is he gonna go under? Is he gonna go over? Is the big guy gonna hedge? Is he gonna drop back? It's a lot of different stuff. What is my? What is my? The guy that's sending pick for me? Is he gonna roll? Is he gonna pop? How is the off defender's gonna help? Like it's a lot of different moving parts that you have to think about when you're playing. So my thing, it's a thinking man's game. But what I've always said to myself, even when I played, I was like, I was one of the people, I would try to learn what everybody was supposed to do. I want to know what my point guard, like when I'm, when I'm sitting on the screen, whatever play we're running, I want to know what, and I never played the point guard position. I played three, four, and five throughout college. I started at the three, I started at the four, started at the five my senior year, whatever, the case, I, I played whatever. But I would learn what everybody's supposed to be, and I was like that because I like to score. So (laughs) I I was a scorer, so I got to know where everybody at. I got to know where I got to know, I was even so particular about, I need to know where you like to score at. Like, I would pay attention to those things too. So it was a thinking man's game. So I thought the game well, but then when you're in the game, you have to react. You can't think too much. You have to react. You have to react to how these guys guarding you. You have to react to how is, how they may double you. You have to react to these things. Because when you try to think too much, you tend to, too many things run together. So what I would do for myself is I would watch, I would just, me and Coach David would sit down and we would just talk about, okay, they're going to try to guard me like this. This person, like, and even individual players, that how they would try to guard me, like, the starting four men may guard me this way, but then they may bring somebody off the bench that may, the starting four man may try to be, may try to bag off a little bit, so I can't, so so I can't. Um, he may try to like, okay, so, how they would try to guard me sometimes, so they knew I could pick and pop really well, right? I was a pick and pop player, or getting in the post, seventeen feet and in, I was really really good. Um, so it, a couple of different ways they would try to guard me. So what they would try to do sometimes, if I pick and pop, they would try to go under the screen, like the guard, like the, the big guy would drop back and try to let let the guard go under the screen. So I was always the type where, look, if I'm going to set a screen for you, either I'm going to be open or the, or my guard is going to be open. So I would try to see how they play me. So if you're going to drop back, if you're going to drop back off of me, I would just seal you in. I would, just turn, I would just turn my screen angle, tell my guard, hey, if you can shoot it, bro, just step right back behind my back. He's under me. The big guys drop damn near to the paint. So if we can just change the angle of the screen, you can just step right back behind me and pull up, shoot right over the top. No contest. Okay, let's say if the big man gonna hedge out hard, right? If he going to hedge out hard, I'm going to, boom, lock that screen in, and I'm going to pick and pop hard. So I'm going to make sure that when I pick and pop, though, my head is not going to, I'm not going to turn my back to you so you can get that ball to me as quick as you can. And then from there, I can make a decision whether it's a pick-and-pop shot, whether it's one dribble pull-up, whether I need to drop it off to somebody else, whatever the case may be. But I will put myself through so many things, and by the time something happened in the game, I reacted. I wasn't thinking. I, I, I knew, okay, damn, I saw this. Like, I, and I think Draymond is one of the best people in the league that does. It's like, I think he watches so much film and put himself through so much repetition that by the time something actually happens, he reacts. He don't have to think. Like it was, it, it's so many times I see her, I see her, and I watch him play out. In the last series, Steph comes. He was on the on the on the weak side. On the he was, I think he. I guess you could say he was on the wing. Steph and uh, Kavon Looney was on the right side to the screen. Steph comes off on the baseline screen. It was a baseline screen comes off. Dribbles all the way to the baseline. Kevin Looney is back by a little bit. I say around the elbow a little bit further out. And Steph just comes on around around the baseline, and I see the play in my head too. I'm thinking just like Draymond. Draymond calling for the ball, Steph throw it to him, and before Draymond even touched the ball, the ball was back to Kevin Lewin. He had dished it right back to Kevin Lewin for a wide open dunk. It's like those type of things. It's like you don't know how every how every play gonna go, but you want to see try to see things before it happens. So that's why I say it's a thinking man's game. But you have to be you have to do so much work. Before the time, before the game, before the game, that your only thing you got to do is react. You don't have to do nothing else. So when I when I when I when I think about different players like a Kevin Durant or like a Draymond all these different players that I that, or, or, like I was just speaking about LeBron, it's like LeBron is so so smart that. He's so smart that you – I feel like you have to have two different – just two different set of two, – two different offenses when he's on your team. I think that'll help balance your team out too. And I think that – I, honestly, I think that may help him out a lot too because, like I said, I, I, every team that LeBron has went to and left, they, when he goes there, they're really great, and when he leaves, they're really bad. And I, I always attribute it to – Hey, bro. He's the offense. So by the time he leaves, he get a whole lot of role players around him, and it's really no other dominant people. And he he makes players better, but he don't. There's no other dominant figure on that team besides LeBron. And when he's off the court, they really don't have an offense. It was like that when he went to when he left Cleveland, Miami. I guess that first year they was they weren't the best. Uh, but then they kind of figured out their identity and got it back to where they were. They still haven't made the playoffs, but they were—they've been a lot better over the last two years than they were the couple of years after LeBron left. So, you know, it, it's—I it, just feel like when when a, when the best player or a great player goes out, they don't want their team to fall off a cliff. They want their team to stay, to just try to stay afloat, stay afloat. You, ain't, of course, you're not gonna be the same team without me. I'd be stupid to think that. But if you can stay afloat until I get back, good. So, it is. It, but like I said, it's just talking points. Like, you have to have something to talk about. Like, you just absolutely have to. Um, and I think these sports talk shows do a great job of it. And people buy into it. And I just been sitting there like, this don't make no damn sense. And, um... It, it just don't. A lot of the stuff they say don't make sense to me because I'm I'm only speaking from a basketball point of view. Like like I said in the last episode with Nick Wright and some of the things he says is just come on, bro. <laughs> you really have to know to sit on national T V and say that Giannis is a better ball handler than Kevin Durant. He's a better passer than Kevin Durant. Like it just doesn't make sense. Like like no sense at all. So um but it's other teams, like I said, Indiana's was surprising me this year. That was really, really good. Um, who else surprised me this year? I can't say Clippers with no All Stars on their team. Man, they traded away I thought was their best player, and he um, they traded him to Philadelphia. Uh, freak, what's his name, bro? Tobias Harris, I think Tobias. They they traded him. Um, and they, they they were really, really good, man. Uh, I think I've always, me my best friend talk about it, I've always been hard on Doc Rivers. I've always been hard on Doc Rivers. I don't know why. I just have. Like, I don't know, but I think Doc Rivers did an excellent job this year. When I say excellent, I mean he did really, really well this year. So um, that was – I couldn't say nothing like I'm it was about 50 games in and I was like, "Bro, Doc River is coaching his ass off over there." And like, he really did, man. So I have to I, I have to give credit where it's due, man. He really really did a great job this year. Um, they did a great job, um who else? Um San Antonio was so so this year. Um a couple teams for me, I'm gonna tell you what 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 um not not things that surprised me this year is how people overrate teams and and individual players. Like they, I feel like I've always – I said all year long that Houston Rockets were very very overrated. Um, I felt like James Harden was overrated for for his usage. I just feel like I said this to my homeboy uh, Jamal. Um, recently, um, when I saw him, I was like, man, you take your top 15, whoever it may be, your top 15 players in the league, you as you line them up however you want to. If you give them the ball the way that James Harden has the ball, every one of them could probably ever start. Now, me and him also came to the conclusion that, now, everybody can't play like that. You're right. Everybody can't play like that. But if you do it, if you give it to them, whether they can or they can't, they'll get 30. In this NBA, they'll get 30. Between the free throws, between if they just be aggressive and go to the basket, they'll get 30. And, I mean, you can top up your top 15 however you want to top it up. So that's why a lot of times, like, when he went on that long scoring streak, it was like, all he's doing is dribbling the ball 55 times a possession. He's either going to get an assist or he's going to get a bucket. That was their offense. That's why Mike D'Antoni has never been an innovator to me. All you do is give the ball to your best ball handler and say, hey, go make a play. That's not an innovative offense. I'm sorry. It's just not to me. Like this just to me. So I thought Houston was very, very overrated. Milwaukee, I'm not gonna say that they were overrated. I would just say that I saw they were long, they were athletic, they played hard, but I always felt like their offense could get very, very stagnant. I feel like their offense, even though it's a little bit more movement than um than uh than Houston. Houston is as literally get a ball to James Harden, and he's going to be at the top of the key or on the wing, and he's just going to go one-on-one the entire possession. Now, with Milwaukee, what they try to do, like they'll run a couple of screens, a little pin downs or misdirections. They'll do that. But then ultimately, they'll get a ball to Giannis at, with a couple of seconds on the clock. He'll try to back it up a little bit, run it too fast. He'll get a little little, little head start. Drop crossover, euro, and want to dunk. Whatever the case may be, that was pretty much their offense. They didn't have a lot of intric- intricacies in their offense. It's more of a one-on-one offense, which I understand because you got a great player in Giannis that you want to give him the ball and open spaces to see what he can do. But I've all but throughout the season, I was like this: when a team, I, I, when a team gets to lock in on you for two weeks straight. These these are the only but if if it goes seven games, it it's like a week and a half if it goes seven games. A week and a half to two weeks. Um depends on how they how they how they schedule it. But it'd be in a week and a half and two weeks if it goes seven. But when a team gets to zero on zero on you, zero in on you for that many games in a row, a good team will find a way to stop it. A good team will find a way to stop that. I thought Boston would do it, but Boston spent so much time fighting themselves this year that they couldn't put the energy into stopping Giannis. Because all Toronto did, Toronto took what Boston did in game one and did it in the last four games. Now, they did have a they did have one more thing. They had an individual guy in um in Kawhi Leonard that could actually guard Giannis straight up. Like he could go he could go get Giannis straight up. So but I but in my head I always thought to them like if they get one person that can just guard him straight up, it's gonna be hard for him to score. Because he don't have no moves. Like like I said, I don't wanna say that he's overrated. It's just like I said, like when when you listen to people like Nick Wright and they tell you that, oh, he's way better than Kevin Durant, and he's like, Okay, give me a reason why he's better than Kevin Durant and he say silly shit like, Oh, he's a better ball handler. No no he's not. Oh, he can create for his teammates. He only passes the ball when he can't do that year-round and get to the basket. He don't, have a, he don't have a post-up game. He don't have a mid-range game. He don't have a pull-up game. He can't shoot the three. He's a so-so free-throw shooter. What does he do better than Kevin Durant? Oh, he plays hard and he plays defense. Well, Kevin Durant plays defense as well. He protects the rim for the Golden State Warriors. So what are we saying here? Because all those things that I just said, Kevin Durant is a hell of a ball handler. Underrated passer. To me, underrated. Now, is he a great passer? No, I just think he's underrated. Of course he has a mid-range game. That's all he fucking does. He done dominated the NBA Finals for two years straight on mid-range shots. One of the best shooters in the league today. Can post up and get a bucket in the post. So, what does Giannis really do better? But If you listen to Nick, right? It's like... Well, he scores in the paint more. So the fuck what? So when I, when I, when I, when I look at Giannis, it's not that I hate on him because I, I, I understand what he does. I understand why. And I think Giannis is going to be really, really good. I think, man, again, me and Marcus talked about this in DM2. We was talking about the Milwaukee Bucks series. And I was just like, Marcus was like, his shot is not bad. He got a good form. And he does. His form has gotten a lot better from his first year. Like I, I told him, I said the only Marcus I told him, I said the only thing that he does on the jump shot, right when he get a little past his chin, is you can see a little glitch in it like boom, instead of just a fluid motion, it's a little glitch when he gets right by his chin, and that can be fixed. And I think Giannis, it, I would say this, his shot improved so much from the beginning of this year. His shot improved more than anybody I've ever seen play basketball from this, from the beginning of a season to the end of a season shot. Absolutely improved tremendously. And I think Giannis is one of those players that I'm going to work to my fucking hands. Can't move to try to fix this because he sees like this going to, excuse me. I'm going to need this. If I'm going to be the player that I want to be, I'm going to need to try to find this shot to try to make, to try to just make people honest because like I said, in the Toronto series, man, all they kind of did, like they just didn't let them get a full steam ahead, like, like a, a head start. We're not going to let you catch a ball at the three-point line, take two or three dribbles back, and then get a head start running to us, do this crossover, and then try to sidestep me and get a bucket. That's all they did. And it was hard for him because they would just wall, okay, Kawhi's guarding them, but then they'll just wall him up. He could do nothing else because it's not his game. He he ain't going to pull up and take a 15-footer. He's not going to do anything else but that. So, I just feel like he got some work to do, and I feel like he's going to do that this summer. Um, who else this year surprised me? Like I said, D'Angelo Russell was really, really good this year. A lot. Man, he, he showed me a lot this year. I got to give D'Angelo Russell a lot of credit. Um, James Harden was... Y'all done hear me talk about James Harden, man. Like just uh, a lot of a lot of he did a lot of nothing to me. But that's just me. He did a whole lot of nothing. It looks good. Um shit to me it don't even look good. It just people like it um in the league. Um I feel like he travels damn near every possession. He touches the ball. Uh <laughs> the man travels his ass off a lot. But um he said it, he said it this year. He wanted to win, um, back to back MVPs. So that was his goal. And, um, I, I don't know. I, I I can't say if, uh, I I wouldn't be mad at them for giving him MVP. Um, of course, I don't think he, uh, he needs it. I give it to Giannis maybe, um, but I just feel like that MVP vote, man, is all subjective, and it's so. You pick who you want to pick. <laughs> Pretty much, man, you pick who you want to pick. Is a, it's it's an individual award, and um, although I do, although I do uh, understand the award, um, I really one thing I do wish they would do is I wish that they would uh, start back letting the fans, like whoever wins the M V P they can get it in their home whenever they're in the playoff game. I think this award show is pretty stupid. To me it's it's a it's a pointless award show. Um I feel like it's for money and I just don't agree with the award so I think that uh these guys, especially the M V P should be able to celebrate that with his home crowd. So that's neither here nor there. Um but like I said, I just don't it didn't impress me. Um, you had a ball that much, and you shoot as much as James Harden does. Damn it, you're supposed to get 30. <laughs> you're just supposed to. Like, it was games where he'll shoot the ball 34 times and have 41 points. And it's like, Man, shit, you if you can't get 41 on 34 shots and shit. And the funny part about that would always be, even though he had them 41, it would be, 18 from the free throw line, and it's like shit. <laughs> right? All they did was shoot free throw. So, um, great player James Harden is. I just feel like, um, and I said this during the conversation. I said this to my best friend. I said it to a couple other people. It's like the Rockets, um, they're. Their mentality was just all off this shit. They they spent so much time talking about analytics, and I was always sitting here like, for Chris Paul to be the competitor that everybody says he is, how in the hell is Chris Paul sitting in meetings discussing analytics and numbers and not losing his damn mind because we're not talking about how we're going to stop these guys? Forget, forget. okay, how we're going to guard this pick and roll. How are we going to... How we gonna uh, keep Draymond from d- doing A, B, and C? No, we're just gonna talk about the numbers and what they say. I never understood this because as a competitor, those numbers don't mean shit to me. Because I'm sitting there, if I'm sitting there and I'm like, okay, y'all talking about how many threes we should take and how many times we may get filed. But that's not helping me figure out how to how we're gonna guard Trey Thompson coming off this uh off this baseline screen. Are we gonna follow him? Are we gonna go through the hole? Are we gonna go over the top? Is the big man gonna push down? I'm not gonna talk about none of that, but we're gonna talk about these numbers on the paper. Made no sense to me. Well so, so the story that that really, um, I guess you could say it caught my eye a little bit, but eh, not much. But story that came out about uh James Harden and Chris Paul getting into it in game six of the uh in the Warriors series, it kind of It made me, I don't know if it's true or not, but if you ask me, I feel like it should have happened a long time ago, just for the simple fact that, um, excuse me, my voice sounded a little different because I'm eating a donut, I was hungry, I'm drinking some water. Don't judge me. If you judge me, I don't care no way, I'm still going to do it, because you can't stop me. So, anywho, <laughs> the reason I feel like it should have happened because, and I noticed this two years ago, but I say a year ago, whenever James Harden does not have the ball, he doesn't move. Like he doesn't move. Like he, James Harden will put his hands on his damn knees and just stand there, <laughs> like. A lot of times, a lot of times, like sometimes he wouldn't even James Harden be behind the ball, like damn near half court, just standing. He wouldn't even try to make it seem like he a decoy. It was just like, I ain't got the ball, so I'm just gonna stand back here. Like it's 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 hilarious to me. So when I heard it. It made sense because it's like now if they did, if they did get into it, they would be understanding because like that's a competitive nature that um, that I would want Chris Paul to have that I always imagined he had because uh, but b- because like they said they was getting into it because uh, like James Harden just didn't seem interested in playing if he didn't have a ball. And that makes sense to me because he 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 did like he when James Harden doesn't have a ball, he literally doesn't move. So I I that's why it's hard for me to like that's why it's hard for me with with James Harden because if it if it's not about him getting a bucket or getting an assist, he's not really interested and I just feel like it's it takes more than that to be a to be a winner in the n b a it it well it takes more than that to be a winner at any level it just takes more so if he's not willing to do other things then I don't think they'll ever be successful. I don't think they'll ever be successful just for the simple fact that Mike D'Antoni's offense is just trash to me. But that's just me. I just I don't ever think they'll ever be, unless and Mike D'Antoni, one of them people, he's so arrogant in what he does because he wins so many regular season games that he won't ever change it up. And, and matter of fact, he won't even think about switching up anything. He won't think about it just for the simple fact, well, I won 55 games, 60 games in the regular season, so that should be enough to get me a win in the playoffs and it just don't it, it has never worked like that and I don't understand how he don't see it um but that's just what he does so um I I, I hope that this offseason um shows I hope this I hope this 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 playoff run for Houston showed not only D'Antoni but um I hope it showed James Harden that you got to do something different that's what I hope. I hope because I like James Horn. I can't sit like I I don't want to make it sound like I'm hating on James Horn. I like him. I like I think he's I think he I think he's a really, really good player. I just think he needs to do I just think he needs to do something different. So I hope this offseason shows him that. Um another team that uh, a disappointing team to me this year was the um Oklahoma City uh Thunder. I just feel like again, with the numbers Westbrook is another guy. As long as I get my numbers, then I'm going to be okay. Do I think Westbrook wants to win? Hell yes. I think he wants to win bad. I just don't. I think his energy for winning will never allow him to win. Because Westbrook is another guy that it's just, it has to be about me while we're winning. If, 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 if my teammates go out there and they play really, really well, I'm not going to like that. I'm going to have to insert myself into us winning. And if I can't insert myself, then I will go down blazing and just say, hey, well, I played as hard as I could and we just didn't win. Instead of deferring to your teammates and letting other guys be great at their job and letting your team win. I think Westbrook is that type of player. He wants to win, but his energy for winning would never be in the right space because he has to insert himself on the winning. And I think players like a Steph, I think Steph is one of, them, one of those guys that playing good or bad, like I just want to win, plain and simple. However we got to get it done, whether I got to score 40 or whether I got to score 15 and be a, be a, be a um, what you call it, a, a just, just, whether I got to score 15 and not be the focal point of the offense, either way, I'm good with it. And I'm not going to. Yes, I'm going to still be aggressive and I'm going to take shots and I'm going to do certain things, but I'm not going to shoot my team out of a chance to win. It's not going to be this excuse of, well, I play hard. Well, I'm tired of you playing hard. I want you to play smart too. Forget all that playing. Man, I played hard and I, I love everything on the court so. You lost, and you're probably the reason that we lost. That we lost. So, I, I, I like, people give Westbrook a, a pass because they say, oh, he played hard, and it's like, okay, that's what you're supposed to do, though. It's just like me, like, if you got kids, like, your kids go to school and, and get an A's, like, and they come home, oh, mama, dad, I made an A, what my gift, are? what you going to give me? I ain't going to give you nothing. That's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to go to school and get good grades. I'm not going to reward you for doing what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to play hard. So you don't get a, you don't get a sticker from me from there. I need you to play smart. I need you to play with a little bit more uh, a little bit more self-control to understand the, the, the temperature of the game. Understand the temperature of the game. Understand where we're going. Understand how the game flow is going. Understand how the referee is calling the game. Like one thing, one of the problems with Houston in their series against Golden State, they spent so much time worrying about, well, I would say the first two games. I think after the first two games, they didn't talk as much to the referees, but their whole organization, from last year to this year, their whole organization was worried about the referees instead of worrying about basketball. Well, they they should call this many fouls and this many blah, blah. But what about the game? How are we going to get how are we going to get Eric Gordon open and get a three? What about the game? you said we're talking about the referees instead of the fucking game. It made no sense to me. So, you know, I I I, I kudos to you for playing hard Westbrook, but I need you to play smart. I need you to have some type of mindfulness to what you're doing and how you're doing it on the basketball court. Um you know, it is just those type of things uh that, that stuck out to me um uh the the, the all NBA teams have come out all NBA teams. Let me make sure I I got. Um, let me make sure I pull it up. But the all NBA teams. I know uh, Paul George made his first. Uh, he made first team All NBA for the first time. James Harden was All uh, First Team. Uh, Denver Nuggets center was. I can't remember his name. Jokic, the Joker. He was first team. Uh, Steph Curry was first team. Not mad at that. Uh, uh, there was one more. Who else was on first team this year? Uh, who else was it? It was Yoke. It was the Joker. It was the Joker. It was Steph, Paul George. Uh, let me see. Don't let me lie to you. It's all defensive team. All NBA. And it was Giannis. I'm tripping. I, I knew that Giannis was a uh, first team. So Giannis, Steph, Paul George, uh, James Harden and, and the Joker. Uh was all NBA first team. And I, I can't say that I disagree with that. I I I I, I agree with those picks. Uh then you know, on second team you had K D, Joel and Kyrie. Uh Kyrie was kinda iffy to me. You had um Kawhi Leonard and Damian Lillard. Uh so those and I like I said I don't I think the second team is better than the first team. <laughs> I think if you put them guys in a series, the second team will probably take that. I think the second team is very very talented. So but, uh, Kyrie whatever. I, hmm. Then on the third team you had uh Rudy Gobert, Blake Griffin, um uh, LeBron James, Kemba and Westbrook. Now one of the notable names that was off that list is Clay Thompson and. The fact that he didn't make an All NBA team cost him thirty million dollars, like almost I think somewhere like thirty or forty million dollars. A lot of money. He can still sign a big contract, but it won't be as much if he had made a first team. I mean, All NBA League, All NBA team. Um, Rudy Gobert. (laughs) Rudy. Now Giannis is up for a big contract. he's gonna have. uh, I think he's in line for one of the biggest contracts. In NBA history, um, yeah, he got a big contract. On the defensive team, I'm going to go back to that, but on the, on the all-NBA uh, defensive team, you got Giannis, uh, Eric Bledsoe, Paul George, um, Rudy Gobert, Marcus Smart. Paul George was first-team all-defense and first-team first um, all-NBA. And Paul George, to me, had a hell of a year. I think this was his best year. Uh, he had a really, really – a re- just a really, really good year all around. I think, uh, yeah, by far, I think it was his best season. I wish he hadn't hurt his shoulder. And, um, yeah, I, I, I wish that he hadn't hurt his shoulder down the stretch of the season. So, But, like I said, uh, Clay Thompson lost out on a lot of money. But uh, Rudy Gobert, the fact that he made an all-NBA team, qualifies him for one of the biggest NBA contracts. And I think it broke down to um his I think the last year of that said contract that he may be getting, he'll be making over fifty million dollars a season in his last year for Rudy Gobert. Now, not hating on Rudy Gobert <laughs> but I can't ever see myself paying Rudy Gobert $50 million for a season. Rudy Gobert? Like, what? But since he made that, that um, since he made that, that NBA, all NBA team, it, he qualifies for it. Crazy, but you know. <laughs> It is what it is. And there's a couple more guys, like I said, I know Giannis is gonna get him a big contract, couple more guys. Uh Kimber qualifies for a super match. I don't think um I don't think Charlotte will pay him. He I think he on the line for like two dollars like two fifty, two nineteen or some shit. Um Yeah, but <sighs> Kimber, can I, I love Kimber. I just don't know if he'll. Uh, I just don't know if he'll get that amount of money. I just don't. I just truly, truly don't. Which hey, I, I want him to get his money. I just don't think he will. So, um, and what, what I say, second team, uh, Kyrie. I don't think Kyrie had a good year this year. I don't. I think he was. I think it was probably one of the most up and down years that he's had in his career. Um, he was just all over the place. Um, From his play to the way he, to his leadership, the, the whole nine, like, it, it was just an up and down year. So I just, I probably wouldn't have put Kyrie on that team. I probably would have put, would have had him put Steph on that team. Not Steph, but, uh, Clay on that team. Like, cause I think Clay is just a really, really still average twenty. I think he averaged nine twenty this is like nineteen point nine or some shit, nineteen point seven. So he still averaged twenty. Guard's the best, uh guard at the best guy on guard the best guard on every team they played. He's just a really, really good player. So especially for what he does for that team. So I I would've liked to see Clay on that instead of Kyrie. Um but I'm like I said I'm not it's not the end of the world for it's not the end of the world. Um that he didn't make it. And like Clay said, man, it takes I'd rather be <laughs> i rather be winning the championship. So and in my head, like when he said it when he said it, I automatically went to him, shit, do what you post want. Because I'm not one of them guys that like like I said, money I know we all love money, we want money, but um I feel like you can't I feel like with sports, i say this, with sports, I know you, I know everybody want, want their money, but it's a it's a cause and effect when you chase money with sports because you can go chase your money, but then you might end up in a f- terrible situation. You might just end up losing a lot. And I don't care how much money you make, if you love what you do, you're not going to want to lose. Because I always tell people, like, oh, man, like, man, it's a big man. He lost, like, when these people be on there, man, he... He could sign a, a $200 million contract, um, but if he leaves, he might sign a $150 million contract. My thing is, $50 million is $50 million, no doubt, but when you're at that level, them guys, like $50 million is not going to change their, their their lifestyle. Of course, if we get $50 million, it'll change our lifestyle, but them guys who have made so much money over the time, like twenty. 20, 30, 40, 50 million dollars is not going to change their lifestyle. Period. I don't care what nobody says. Like, it's not like they, the same thing they can buy with that. Like, it's, take LeBron, for instance, like, how much money he'd made. Let's say he want to go sign a new contract for 150, but then he leave and, might, and they might sign it for 120. That 30 million dollars, whatever he can buy with that 150, he can buy with that 120. Hands down. So that's why I say you can't chase money when you're in sports because you'll end up in a terrible situation and you will just lose. So, yeah, you got some money, but then if you love the game, like it, it, it makes you miserable to be a loser. Anybody that's happy being a loser, <laughs> you might not want them on your team. Matter of fact, you might not want them in your life. <laughs> like, let's say that. Because a loser, that, that, mentality rub, that mentality rubs off on you. So, although, like I said, I want everybody. Like, when these guys was getting money, like I remember that one summer a few years ago and all these guys, like Evan Turner, all them guys were getting a lot of money. Bro, go get your money. I'm not mad at you for going to get your money because I never, I would never, like, a, if you like an Evan Turner, I never, um, a team can't offer me $80 million and I'd be like, hey, no, bro, I ain't really worth it. I ain't really worth that eighty million, but give me like forty. No, I'm gonna take that eighty million. <laughs> I'm gonna take that eighty million because I might not get that contract again. Because I guarantee you, Evan Turner will never get the contract. the contract that he on now. He'll never get that contract again. So yeah, you gotta take. But I'm speaking about players of caliber like a like a Kevin Durant, like a LeBron, like a Kyrie. Them guys that are at that high of a level. Like once you get to that level, you have your money. Like. Yeah, you won't. It, it'll never be enough money for nobody. Don't be stupid. I'm not saying that, but you have your money now. You have to go chase something else. You have to chase your legacy more than your money because nobody's going to like. Everybody loves to talk about Gilbert Arenas chase money, and Gilbert Arenas nobody gives a. I think Gilbert Arenas was really really good for his stretch. He had like a four or five year stretch. He was really really good, but around NBA circles, he don't get brought up in nothing. And it's for a reason, because you never won nothing. LeBron put your team out two, three years straight, but you got your money, though. And anytime somebody says something to Gilbert, Gilbert Arenas on, on, on social media, the first thing you say is, I got my money. That's fine. But basketball circles, and I think he's very well-respected, very respected around basketball circles, but his name don't come up in anything of significance when it comes to basketball. Cause he didn't win, so that's what I always say. Like when I, like I said, that's what I when I think about basketball, I think about that. Like Chase winning because everything else after that, everything else will take care of itself. If you win endorsements, whatever the case may be, you will get your money, but you have to win to get it. So, so so these talking, like I said, with all these different shows, like they have talking points about the league, and it's just it's funny because. I feel like we've gotten away from winning. Like we always like to talk about Jordan and and things like that. Like man, this is why we love Jordan. And Jordan on, like yeah, his last few years at Chicago, yeah, he wanted his money. But see, he had already won. <laughs> he was four or five rings deep. So his last couple of years, yeah, he signed one year deals and got paid and all. Of, of course, but you didn't already won. But some of these guys be right here trying to chase money and. Don't, it ain't got nothing to show for it. But then you ain't got nothing to show for it. Then you end up in a bad situation, and this thing you know your career is, is, is it's on the back side because you just you chase money instead of thinking, instead of you thinking about the game first, you were thinking about money. So this is my two cents. I this is my two cent, but I like the essence of the game, man. Like I said, those those uh those all NBA teams. I think the rookie team, the first five draft picks, the first time that happened since um since Michael Jordan draft. Uh, that the, all those first the first five picks of the draft were the all NBA rookie team, rookie team. So. And I think those teams are really, really good. I think next year Dallas may be, uh, may, may be something to reckon with. I definitely think Dallas will be some a team to reckon with next year with Luka Doncic and um uh, and uh Perzingis. Uh, uh hopefully he comes back healthy. He got beat up earlier this summer, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> I hope he's safe and I hope he's healthy. Um and I hope he comes back um, ready to ready to play next year. So, that team will be exciting to watch. Um, The NBA draft is coming up, man. It's got some young players that's going to be really, really exciting to watch, man. But uh, I'm not going to talk about that until after the draft is already completed. But um, other teams, man. What other teams around this league, other players that that, that really stuck out to me this year? Uh, Let's see. Other teams that stuck out to me. Hmm. Portland, Portland, good team um, I hate that they lost a big man uh Jerkic, I hate I hate that they lost him uh, I think Dame and CJ um, is gonna come back better this year um Philadelphia I'm really looking forward to see what they do this offseason to try to help their team Jimmy Butler situation um, what's his name uh, Joel and b I hope he can stay healthy because I I think he's really, I think he can be, God, a, Jordan Embiid is one of the most skilled people, one of the most skilled basketball players I have seen in a very, very long time. Like for his size, for his agility, for his feet, soft hands, soft touch around the basket. But he plays with a, he plays with a joy and a mean streak that I like. Like, that mean streak that he has, I enjoy it. I cannot help. I, I really, I really can't, I can't help but like it. Like, I can remember he made me a fan, I think it was last, it was summer ago, before last season, he was playing some guys. Uh, Mo Bamba was playing him in the gym. He dunked on him, he was like, welcome to the NBA. And he was just like screaming at him and stuff. And it's like, that type of, energy like this is just in an open gym like I love it so he he has a mean street but he also plays with a with the joy that keeps him youthful now I do think he has to get more serious about some things I think he needs to eat better I think he needs to do some things to try to change his body to help him stay healthy and play longer and play more games I think he needs to do that I think he needs to take that I think he needs to take those things more serious but I think once he's on the court man I think he's he he's, 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 he's about his business. So, um, I'm, I'm looking forward to, to them. I'm looking forward to them. That's all I can say. I'm really looking forward to seeing them play. I'm looking forward to seeing a lot of different things in NBA. Like, um, just, I'm just, man, I just love the NBA. I can't lie. Um so just to pick it, like so, now we go from there, like to the Eastern Conference Finals, Toronto and uh, Milwaukee. Like I said, uh, that series, I didn't pick a winner. Um, because I really didn't know. Um, I, I really didn't know who was gonna win. Um, I watched Toronto. Uh, I watched Toronto more than I watched Milwaukee this year. Um, but when I like I said, when every time I watched Milwaukee, it was more. I don't know how they going I don't know how they going to win in a series because of their style of play. Uh, it's just a style of play. It just didn't. Uh, it really didn't. It don't bode well for the playoffs. Just let me say it like that. Um... But what Kawhi did, man, he just kind of just took him out of his game, and he just kind of made it tough for him. Made it, but he made he made it to where Giannis had to go to his second, third, and fourth move, and not just I'm just going to try to euro you and get to the bucket, get to the bucket. And that's why I say read. That's what I said. Go back to earlier What I said, man. Sometimes it's a it's a thinking man's game, but you have to react. Like so. I can try to make my move, but then I have to be, my body has to be so well, um, so well rehearsed, and, and I have to have so many repetitions that if he does cut me off, boom, I can make this move without even thinking about it, like, because I've seen it before, boom, boom, I can spin, boom, I can step back, boom, I can do certain things because I've worked on these things. And that's what I mean by thinking man game, but you have to react. So, but he didn't. He don't have a second, third. He don't have those moves. So Kawhi just kind of took him out of the game. Like, I'm just not going to let him dribble downhill. Just not. <laughs> not going to let him dribble downhill and boom, I got him. And that's pretty much what he did. We're not going to let him dribble the ball downhill and booyah. And that was just kind of the end of the series because. Giannis couldn't figure it out. Giannis could not. And like I said, I think he's going to work his behind off this summer to figure that out and figure out how to be um, better and a more effective player um, next year to try to be more – to where he can still be aggressive but not hurt his team and just be better. So um, other guys stepped up, though, man, for Toronto, man. Van Fleet had a stat like over the first three games he went – Two for eleven, then over the last three games he went fourteen for seventeen. Like that's crazy. That man's son was born. And he just went bananas. Like <laughs> he went bananas. So I feel good for him. Uh, he played well, and like I said, man, they had other guys. I'm not a big fan of Kyle Lyra, but he stepped up in the in the Eastern Conference final. He did what he 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 made. He made plays for for his team to win. That's all I can say. Wasn't great, but he made the right he made certain plays that will that's just gonna help his team win. Plain and simple. And that's what you want. <laughs> like, ultimately, man, make me some plays that is going to help our team win. So I'm I'm very, very I was pleased by Kyle Lowry in this series. Can't lie. <laughs> with well, the last couple games of this series. Um I was impl- I was pleased by him. So, um But now man, you're to the finals, man. You got you got Golden State and you got Toronto and I'm going to pick uh Golden State in 6. I think i say 6. Um but yeah, I I say 6. I think they'll win in 6. I think uh Toronto will sneak one out in Toronto. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing Drake and uh, and uh, and uh, Draymond go back and forth uh, during the game. I'm looking very, very much looking forward to that. Um, but I think it's going to be a competitive series. I think that uh, Kyle Lowry is going to play his absolute heart out. Um, I think that Kawhi man, he his. Wise mentality right now is just—he's the common nature for any team. Like at least he seems that way. I don't know if he is or not, but he seems to be the common force for a team. That when things start to go a little bit bad, he can come in and just bring a common nature because his 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 his, his, his demeanor never changes. Like his demeanor doesn't change from quarter to quarter. Missing, he showed more emotion this year than I've ever seen him show uh, throughout his career. But his demeanor normally stays right, right around the same. So, I think he's the coming force in on the court. I don't know about the locker room. I still think uh, Kyle Lowry probably the leader in the locker room. But I think on the court, he's a coming force. So, and I feel like that's what he did all throughout this series. Just Hey man, calm down. We got it. It's gonna be okay. We're gonna we're gonna get it back. Get a stop, and we'll be okay. So, uh, I think for him, I think for him, what he's gonna have to do in this series, um, if 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 KD if KD is back, he has to uh, kind of uh, you can't take you can't take him out the game, but you kind of you you kind of gotta. Um, I don't even know. I, I know the word that I'm, that I'm thinking of, but I can't say it. But you gotta kind of try to balance it out as best you can when you when you're playing against KD. Because KD is going to get his buckets. He's going to do some other things that uh, that's going to help the Warriors win. Uh, but what the Warriors the advantage that the Warriors have is that they don't depend on one individual. They depend on themselves as a team, strength in numbers. That means. That that just what they do, so it's, like it's just simpler plan is what they do. So, I feel like uh, Toronto has to their bench has to be pretty much flawless to win this series. To win this series, their bench has to be flawless. Like, it's just just they just have to be. I'm sorry. That's the only way I think that's the only way they can win this game. I think now they got some size that I think is going to give the Warriors some problems with uh, Marcus Saul, who I absolutely love. I've always liked Marcus Saul. Happy for him to make it to the finals. Um, the Grizzlies are rooting for him crazy. I'm, I'm really really happy for him to make the finals though. So Marcus Saul is going to cause going to cause some problems for him. Uh, I think Surge if Surge plays. The way he played in this last series, he's gonna cause some problems for them as well, as far as crashing the offensive glass and things of that nature. That is gonna be big for them. Um, but other things are gonna be big for them. Like I said, I think I think like I said, their bench have to be really really good. They have to make shots. They have to make their open shots. They're gonna be gonna be a very very uh, defensive minded series. Um, especially I think from. Uh, from Golden State's point of view, I think they're going to just try to shut them down. But I think that if they make shots, they'll get themselves the best chance at winning. Now, once again, do I think they can win it? I don't. But hey, man, you, 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 you. At this point, man, like you have to believe in yourself. So <laughs> they have to truly, truly believe in themselves. Um, in order to win this series, so whatever y'all gotta do, man, I say do it. Um, I think Golden State is just gonna be Golden State. I just truly do. I think they're gonna be Golden State. I think they're gonna do exactly. Um, I think they're gonna do exactly what we think they're gonna do. Plain and simple. So. Yeah, man, I think they're going to do exactly what what I think they're going to do. And like I said, I'm going to pick Golden State to win this series in six. Now, to the offseason, it's been reports that LeBron has contacted Jimmy Butler about coming to the Lakers. I hope he's not um, recruiting guys to come to the team as of yet because, number one, it's um, it's illegal. I know they probably do it, but... um, but I, I hope he's not, man. I hope. The LeBron, because I think LeBron has to get into this mindset, like I don't necessarily need another really, really great player to be. Because I think about it. Uh, what's his name? Uh, shoot, the Raptors. They only got one great player in Kawhi. If they didn't make it, it was going to be Milwaukee, one great player. So you have to – I think what he needs to do is accept – um. I ain't gonna say accept this particular team, but he has to accept the players that he has around him in order to uh in order to push the team forward and not just think about, uh, man, like we gotta have this piece and, piece and that piece and that piece and boom boom boom. It's just you just gotta have you just gotta Take what's around you and try to make the best of it. Um, so, hopefully, like I said, I know he's probably recruiting. Um, shit, I hope he. I said that I don't think he should be, but damn it, he needs to. <laughs> it's funny, but um, you know, um, I think that I think LeBron is like I said, best, second best player I've ever seen in my in my in my lifetime. And I think they. I think he. I don't know. I just don't know what to say about this situation because it's so crazy to me. Like, it truly is. Uh, it truly is that whole situation. But uh, this offseason is going to be fun, man, with all the all the people, um, the free agents, all the things that, are, that may happen that could happen. Uh, the, the AD situation, the draft situation, and them guys in New Orleans getting the number one pick, and they don't want to trade AD. They want to try to keep them so uh you know it is it's a it's gonna be a fun off season that's all I can say it's gonna be a fun off season uh Kim Durant uh what he may do i hope he stays where he's at because it'll be um silly for him to leave because there's really no purpose um uh, honestly the best organization got yeah, the best rent organization the best team um Best probably the best atmosphere, um, make more money. The reason that everybody's telling him to leave is, like, it's just stupid. It's like I said, it's another talking point about, well, he needs to do it on his own team. And like I said on my last episode, he'll never please the people. Um, he'll never please the people. He'll never please people that don't want to be pleased by him. Plain and simple. He'll never, he'll never please some people. So, um, I hope he stays in his own head. Uh, I hope he stays, I hope he does what he wants to do. Um, And Like I said, whether it's him leaving, whether it's him staying, whatever he wants to do, I hope he does it. Um, But make sure you're doing it for the right reason, man. And the only reason that you should leave is to try to win. There should never be another reason to do anything. If you're not trying to win, the reason that you want to go to state is to win. So let's keep it about that. And if we're not trying to win, I feel like it's pointless to do. So, uh, but all season's gonna be fun, man. But again, man, I appreciate y'all, man. I'm a I, this is just a little short episode, man, about basketball. And I, I ain't get too deep into it. Um, when my guys come on, man, I promise you we gonna get it's gonna get it's gonna be a heated argument because <laughs> cause we're probably gonna disagree on a lot of things. It's gonna be a it's gonna be a heated discussion, but I'm looking forward to them guys coming on, man, and just talking basketball with me. Um, we're gonna we're probably gonna speak about Memphis. Probably gonna speak about Vandy. And, uh, Jerry Stackhouse probably gonna speak about Michigan. And um, them hiring uh, John Howard, man, the, the excitement around college basketball is back for me. The excitement around the league is back for me. I'm excited. I'm looking forward to seeing what, like I said, y'all already know how I feel about Memphis. They're number one recruiting class in the country. I think Memphis, the Tigers, will be probably ranked like number two in preseason. I wouldn't be mad if they're number one. But I think they'll end up being number two in the preseason, which is really, really good. And I think they'll have a... Amazing, amazing year! Uh, this upcoming year, I said they will win twenty games last year, and they end up winning twenty-two. This year, they probably win twenty-nine, thirty games, easily. So, looking forward to them. I'm looking forward to seeing what uh, what uh, what 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 Jerry Stackhouse does at Vandy. He went to Memphis and hired uh, Coach Phillips, who coached at Whitehaven. Um, I know Coach Phillips because I worked for his wife, his wife is a principal miss Phillips back in uh when I was a teacher uh when I worked in the school system so um really really good coach though uh Coach Phillips is a really really good coach, and I think jerry did it. Jerry stackhouse did the right thing by going to get him because of the next few years man Memphis has a ton of talent coming out of there has a ton of talent coming out of there between. I'm not even going to get into all the names, man. I may one day, but they got a ton of talent coming out of there in the next few years. So, you, uh, I think you did the right thing by going to get Coach Phillips. Juwan Howard, Michigan bringing him on, uh, bringing him into the school. This program is in a good space because uh, – the former coach, man, they, they went to a couple Final Fours, so the, the program was in a good space. But I think this is going to bring a new excitement, man, um, and I think ultimately it's going to help bring the Fab Five back together. Jalen Rose was on ESPN saying no more disrespect for the University of Michigan program. The Fab Five were all back um, communicating with each other. I think he's going to do a great job recruiting because I think that uh, – because he can bring a Jalen Rose and he can bring a Chris Webber in just like – Penny can bring in a Sam. What he has, Sam Mitchell was Sam Mitchell stepped down from his uh, from his uh, from his position in Memphis. But you can bring a Mike Miller in there. So you got a couple NBA guys just like Jerry Stackhouse, the NBA guy that you can go into these parents' house and, and and speak to these guys about speak to these guys and these parents about what they can do to help the kid get to the next level. So I'm gonna be excited, man. I'm I'm really really excited. But my guy's are gonna come on. It's gonna be a really really dope conversation. Um, and again, man, I want to thank you guys for giving me the opportunity, um, for for just coming in, man, and listening to me ramble on about a little bit of nothing every week. Um, y'all know where to find me at Prisoner of War 10 on Instagram and Twitter. Um, you can also find me on Facebook at Desmond Yates, uh, Desmond Boogie Yates on Facebook. Um... Hey man, I'm coming right back, man, with another one, man, on Friday, man. It's gonna be a good one. I got a couple of topics, man. Somebody asked me why am I single, so I'm gonna get into that um, on my next episode on Friday. <laughs> they asked me why am I single and do I have commitment issues? <sighs> Crazy. So I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna, I'm gonna write some things down, man. I'm gonna get into that um, and some other things that we're gonna talk about. But um, like again, again, man, thank you guys for listening. Any comments, questions, concerns? Like I said, reach out to me on Twitter, Facebook. Instagram and like I say every week, you can fit in. just be unusual when you do it. I'm out. some people say "I'm crazy ain't crazy, I'm just di ain't crazy I'm just di ain't crazy I'm just di.